Hello everyone and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host Therese Cerise and for those of you that listen to my podcast, you know how we do it. I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong Will Mind Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. Here we go. This is entitled Love Mom. And this is a poem that I wrote to my children that hopefully it'll be a part of my eulogy one day. However, it says, My sweet children, how precious you are to me. If I should die before you wake, just know my soul the Lord did take. Always remember, I dwell in your hearts. And for this reason, we are never apart. In order to see me, just dream a sweet dream. I know losing your mother means that your heart is breaking. My love for you will never die. My spirit lives on, just not my body. You are the reasons why I choose life, why I chose life. But everyone has their predestined time to see death. And my time has come. Please always keep me in your hearts. Love, Mom. So I hope that you all have had the most amazing day on today. I was actually having a conversation with a friend of mine. And we were talking about relationships. And what it looks like whenever we are waiting for our purpose partner and I told her about a time that I found out who was not my purpose partner and I'm not sure if I've shared this with you all before but this particular person we had gone on a trip together and the trip that we went on together we had um, went to the casino in um, why is it that it escapes my mind now? It'll come back to me. But anyway, we had gone to a casino. Y'all, it literally escapes my mind. And I was just talking about this. Oklahoma. Thank you, Lord. So as we went to the casino, um, we hadn't seen each other in a while. And I told her how um, we hadn't seen each other in a while. However, I missed him and he acted as if he missed me as well. So I told her that it was really quite strange when we made it to the actual location, how he was operating. But I was mindful of what it was that I saw. And even though it made me feel some type of way, because I was under the impression that we were working on reconciliation and he was all over the place while we were there. And so on our trip back, I had to drop him off. And when I dropped him off, I actually gave him an ultimatum because at that time he had revealed to me that he was living with a young lady. And so I positioned myself to pretty much let him know you're going to have to make a choice. Well, needless to say, he did not choose me. And I told her it had me feeling really, really heartbroken and hurt and every emotion you can think of as I journeyed back to Longview, which is where I lived at that time. 
And I remember hearing so, so clearly, you need to stop and Tyler and just rest there. So I don't know. I said, I don't know why I said Tyler. It was Terrell, Terrell, Texas. He was like, you need to rest in Terrell. And so um, Terrell was right before you got to Longview. And so I went and I got him into a, I checked into a Motel 6 and I heard ever so clearly, we're going to talk about this. And of course, I avoided the conversation um, like the plague. Some people call it spirit. Some people call it the voice of God, whatever you call it. I heard it so clearly. So I went in, I took a shower and I was like, oh, I hear you, but I don't really want to have this conversation. So after I got out the shower, I heard it again. We're going to talk about this. And so I was like, oh my God. Okay, let's talk about it. So I heard, get your Bible. Now, those of you that have been at hotels, you know that there's always a Bible in the drawer. At least there should be. There's always a Bible like in the drawer right next to the bed when you go to hotels and motels. So I pulled that Bible out. And when I pulled the Bible out, I kind of like just sat there for a moment because I I knew that there was about to be a revelation that I just knew that I just wasn't ready for. But I obeyed and I heard turn to first Corinthians chapter 13. So I obeyed and turned to first Corinthians chapter 13 and I heard now read it out loud. So I read these words. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And so I read it and then I heard. Now read it again. But this time put his name where love is at. So I went on and started saying his name. And then as I was saying his name, I heard, do you really see him as patient toward you, with you? Do you really see him as kind towards you, concerning you? Do you really see him as not being envious towards you, concerning you? Do you see him not boasting? Do you see him not being proud? And he was a man that was so full of pride. Does he dishonor you or does he not? 
Is he self-seeking? Is he easily angered? Does he keep account of your wrongs? Does he delight in evil? Does he delight in making you squirm? Does he delight in being neglectful? Does he delight in all these various things? Does he delight concerning evil? Does he do evil? And is he content with evil? Does he protect your heart? Can you trust him? Whether you are in his presence or not. Last but not least. When it comes to how he views you. Does he persevere a right relationship with you? Does he hope for the best concerning the both of you? To be quite honest and frank. There's a lot of no's. When I was answering those questions. Then when I was told. Now put your name. Where love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It does not. It is not proud. Put your name in those verses. Concerning him. And again. I got a lot of no's. I wasn't patient with him. It's not as patient as would be required. If you were in a marriage. Um. I was very kind, but there were moments that I was envious. And there were moments where I was self-seeking concerning our relationship. And there were moments that he was self-seeking. There were also moments where I was easily angered when it came to him. And so as I went on, I heard ever so clearly, this is not your husband. And there was a shifting in the atmosphere when I heard those words that this is not my husband. I began to realize that part of the reason why I was having a hard time not accepting that truth is because I had labeled lust love. And because I had labeled lust, love, it was hard for me to detach myself from the lie. And because it was hard for me to detach myself from the lie, I shed a lot of tears concerning letting this individual go. But I did let the individual go. Fast forward, I remember he, he and I going out to eat. I think we went to just a, a nice little coffee shop. And we were sitting there and he was like, you've changed. And I said, what do you mean? He's like, you've changed. You're, you're not trying when it comes to us. We haven't been intimate. We haven't had sex in a long time. What has happened? Now, mind you, this is years ago. But having this conversation with a friend of mine brought it back to my remembrance. 
And he was like, what changed? And I said, the moment I realized that you're not my husband. And he was like, how did you realize that? What made you discover that? And so I told him the encounter that I had with spirit, with God, however you want to put it, and how I received the revelation. And he was like, wow, it was, I used to be your kryptonite. And I said, I know. But once I realized that you weren't my husband, nor would you ever be my husband, why would I have and perform wifely duties and do wifely things for you when you're never, you were never meant to be mine? And that liberated me. That liberated me because in one moment, I couldn't see myself without this individual. I didn't know how I would function without this individual. And looking back, I was so freaking codependent. When I look back over the course of the journey of me being in relationships, I was so codependent. I It was as if my only way of knowing how to function is if I was in said relationship. A relationship. I wasn't doing a lot of soul searching or self-healing or discovering my true identity. I, that's not what I was spending my time doing. I was looking over my life. I The majority of my 20s, I was spending my life in my 30s. I was spending my life trying to prove myself to other people, prove that I was worthy of being loved, to prove that I was worth being in a committed relationship, to prove like I spent so much of that time and energy trying to prove something to someone other than God. And to me, that was just a lot of that was a lot of wasted energy. Sure, I could learn from it, glean from it, hopefully take some notes from it and share what not to do <laughs> so that you can gain wisdom, so that I can gain wisdom. But just knowing that I spent so much time trying my trying to prove myself when I could have been working on myself. And now that's what I've taken time to do. But when I, when he realized that that was the way that I viewed him, that I no longer was interested in being intimate with him. I was no longer interested in proving myself to him. The dynamic of our relationship changed. And I remember, which was so, oh my God, it was so enlightening. We were, we had gone out to this restaurant and he, I was able to see what I couldn't formally see. Or I couldn't see previously. And that was he had a wandering eye and he was a womanizer. But I didn't see that previously because I was so blinded by lust. So in this particular setting, he and I were out eating. And there was a young lady who had crossed his path and they had made eye contact a couple of times. And he was contemplating on whether or not he should approach her. And I started giggling 
And he was like, what is so funny? And I said, she has no idea. But I'm glad that that's going to be her headache and it's no longer mine. And then he was like, oh, okay. And I said, because it took me so long to get to this point to where I wasn't envious of him pursuing someone else to where I no longer wanted to see he and I as an item or be in a relationship with him to where sex was no longer part of the equation of the relationship to where I could truly be out with him and pretty much help him vet for somebody else where I didn't have that burden of us. So I learned that every man that whose path that I cross, that's not meant to be my husband. That some of times when I'm crossing paths, it's for them to learn something or for me to impart some something, whatever, whatever it is. And then for them to par maybe possibly impart something to me that has nothing to do with sex. Absolutely nothing to do with sex. Just something that I may need to learn so that I can take with me um, so that I'm not blindsided the next time. Um, so even now, when I am on this journey of dating in 2021, there was a situation that occurred not too long ago. Yes, I'm still practicing abstinence. However, what made me feel so good is that this particular person made the comment that he wanted to chill at my house. And I was like, oh, that's not an option. Men don't come around my home. And one of the reasons why I had created that standard is because when you are doing your best to practice and operate in abstinence, you got to create some boundaries for yourself. This is a side note. I didn't say this to him. And so when I told him that no man could come to my house, he was like, but I thought all your children were grown. I said, Five of my six children are grown. However, it is my duty to protect my children. And so regardless of if they're grown or not, if they're living in my home, it's a certain, I, it's certain things I just don't want to expose to my children. I'm trying to set an example and I am a single woman. I'm not a married woman. So I'm not going to have every Tom, Dick and Harry coming to my house. So I told him, I was like, um, yeah, that's not an option. Not an option. And it felt so good to be able to allow a certain person to fall by the wayside because I was able to clearly see your intentions, clearly see your intentions, but I did not compromise myself or my dignity for the sake of people pleasing like I have in times past. It is no longer about me. It is about my family. It is about making sure that God gets the glory. It is about making sure that whenever, if ever, my past cross with my future hubby, he is not having to fight that battle of soul ties that I did not disconnect myself from. I'm not trying to have my future hubby have that battle, having to look over his shoulder and be like, were you with him 
a few months ago prior to our meeting each other. I don't want him to have to go through that because I don't want to have to go through that with my future hubby's past. So I'm praying that in the process of my waiting, that God continue to keep me, continue to keep my body, continue to preserve me. It's so crazy because at one point in my life, I didn't want to be kept. Now, in this chapter of my life, I desire to be kept. So seasons really, truly do change because they changed for me. And they changed in such a way that what I once used to literally feel as if I needed in order for me to function to a certain way or, or be a certain way is now it's just like I have a different a different reverence for intimacy. I have a totally different perspective when it comes to intimacy. And I know I'm worth the wait. I know I'm worth the wait. So this is going to conclude my episode on this evening. But before I completely conclude it, I wanted to read and well, from my um, journal <laughs> to my future hubby. It is dated July the 5th of 2021. And it says, dear future hubby, who hurt you? No, seriously, who hurt you? I know that I've been extremely transparent with you during my journey of singleness. Therefore, I've had a lot of time and moments to process a few things. However, I want to tell you about someone whom I once considered a dear friend, someone who I also considered family. However, I failed to heed the signs of non-reciprocation concerning our friendship. And in the end, I suffered from the consequences, in my opinion, of course. Allow me to take your, you back to July the 17th, 17 years ago. There I was laying in my hospital bed after giving birth just 24 hours prior to my 17-year-old son. In walks the person who I called friend. My 20-year-old at that time was only three years old. And she walks in the room with her husband. Where I once thought that she was coming in to see my newborn child, she was actually coming in to put me and my sons out on the streets. According to her, it was due to a sudden desire to work things out with her spouse. And yet, despite the pain she caused, I continue to call her friend. Why had I allowed others to dump on me, mistreat me, abuse me, use me, take me for granted, lie on me, doubt me, judge me, misjudge me, reject me and abandon me. I hurt myself by letting people get entirely too close to me, in my opinion. I trusted the untrustworthy, but why? Even after they betrayed me, but why? 
Looking over those past experiences, I realize now that it was because I lacked self-love. And because I didn't quite know what it looked like or even felt like to love myself wholeheartedly, I let the perfect illusion of love take a seat in my life. Well, I've excused myself from that table. The illusion of love can continue to sit alone. I am picking up the pieces of my past, redefining what love should look like in my world, in my life, giving love to those who have proven to be a part of my life for all the right reasons, time and time again, and letting those go, those people go who only seem to be present in my life when it benefits them. Sometimes loving yourself truly does mean letting others go. Letting go of the lies, letting go of self-sabotage, letting go of the hurt and those who continue to hurt you, letting go of the illusions, letting go of being mistreated and mistreating others, Letting go of those people and things which no longer serve a purpose in your life as they once did so that you can welcome true love in your world, in your life. True love for yourself and true love for others. Who hurts you? I pray that you are taking time to recognize who truly hurts you so that you can heal from those past hurts. And you can take the necessary steps to heal wholeheartedly. Not on the surface, as most of us do, but deep down within, so that you don't bring that deep hurt into our future together. Trust me, I know that it is easier said than done. I've been doing the work myself. And just when I think that I've turned over every rock from my past, another pebble appears. But you are worth doing the work for. I don't want to make you pay for my past mistakes. I know what that looks like and I know what that feels like. I've been guilty of doing this in times past and it's also been done to me. So I don't want to do that to you or with you. I am worth doing the work for as well. This is my gift to myself. Healing from the wounds of my past is necessary. I desire to break any and all generational curses that I need to so that it can stop with me. The self-sabotaging, the allowing people to mistreat me. The allowing people to lie to me. Making excuses for them. Ignoring the signs. Pretending like I don't see what I see. Now I know that the scriptures say that love covers a multitude of sins. I get that. I truly get that. 
But one thing that I recognize is that that's the God love. That's the God love. And yes, I'm going to need him to be the one to order my steps concerning our relationship together and concerning my relationship with self. There's no way that I can operate in that level of love without him. This is something that I've truly recognized. However, I desire for all of my children and their children and their children's children and so on to experience the essence of true love where they love themselves first so that they can attract what they deserve and not what someone is willing to spew on them. I want them to experience better when it comes to love. I want them to experience greater when it comes to love. I want them to know their true identities. I hope you are learning what your true identity is because that is something that I am diligently working on. I love you. Love, Teresa. So I hope that y'all have the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. However, please do me a huge favor and take care of yourself because there's only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. And remember to love yourself unapologetically. Bye. Signing out, your girl, Teresa.